If you have your Bibles, if you'll find your place this morning in Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter number 20. And may the Lord bless you. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you here today in our 1030 service. Luke chapter number 20 is where we'll be. Today we complete our time in looking at the everyday stories of Jesus that are found in Luke's Gospel. We've looked at a lot of different things, and I encourage you to go back on the website if you're interested in some of the topics that the Lord Jesus has shared stories about. If you are a guest with us here today while we're finding our place in Luke 20, may the Lord bless you. As Brother Tim said, please let us know who you are. We'd love to get better acquainted with you and have an opportunity to have fellowship with you, answer any of your questions. We're honored you're here And may the Lord bless you and to all of our people. God bless you, First Baptist Church. I'm so delighted to see you today. And so here we are finding our place, Luke chapter 20. We'll read this story of the Lord Jesus. This is the last, as I mentioned, of his stories that he gives that are recorded by Luke. Now we read together beginning in Luke chapter 20, verse 9. And he began to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard and rented it out to vine growers and went on a journey for a long time. At the harvest time, he sent a slave to the vine growers so that they would give him some of the produce of the vineyard. But the vine growers beat him and sent him away empty handed. And he proceeded to send another slave and they beat him also and treated him shamefully and sent him away empty handed. And he proceeded to send a third, and this one also they wounded and cast out. The owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the vine growers saw him, they reasoned with one another saying, this is the heir. Let us kill him so that the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and destroy these vine growers and will give the vineyard to others. When they heard it, they said, may it never be. But Jesus looked at them and said, What then is this that is written? The stone which the builders rejected. This became the chief cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. But on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. Verse 19, the scribes and the chief priests tried to lay hands on him, on the Lord Jesus, that very hour, and they feared the people, for they understood that he spoke this parable against them. Now, Heavenly Father, we hear the Lord Jesus' words, and we are reminded that we, just like these vineyard keepers, have not believed in the Lord Jesus in our lives at times past. And we recognize that there are others today, Lord, who still do not believe in the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior of life. 
We pray, Lord, that you might open our ears to the truth of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. May we not have distraction for just a little while so that we might clearly understand your word. And we honor you, Lord Jesus, today as we come to the table of the Lord. We come to the table of the Lord and we ask that you'd forgive us of our sins so that we might be prepared and ready to meet you in fellowship with all of God's people who are here today. You are the foundation stone, Lord Jesus Christ. You are the one upon whom we build our lives. You also are the rejected one of the world. How we pray that today you might help us to understand these truths. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our focal truth today is this, that Jesus Christ, rejected in unbelief, has become the foundation of the church. Let me say it again. Jesus Christ, rejected in unbelief, has become the foundation of the church. We have, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock we stand. That's what we sing. He is our solid rock. He is the one upon whom we've built our lives. What did David say? I run to the rock. I stand on the rock. I hide in the rock. The Lord Jesus is that glorious rock, the one upon whom we build our lives. But before we can understand all of this, I must point out some things from chapter 19 and 20. Let me just take a moment and do this. What's been happening here? What's happened to this time, going forward to this time? Well, if you go back in chapter 19, we looked at that parable uh, earlier in the chapter about how money was being used and not used. The master gave it to them to be used, and some of them made money and others did not. And then we saw this uh, passage where the triumphal entry comes. So all of God, all of the disciples of the Lord Jesus, I'll just read this will uh, speed us up here. Luke 19:37, as soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen. So now the Lord Jesus is on the, is on the donkey, going up now, climbing the hill, going up the hill to Jerusalem. And they start shouting from Psalm 118, which is the Psalm of the Messiah. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And they repeated it, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed as you can imagine. This great celebration, all the palm branches being laid down, all the coats and cloth, every, everything laid down as Messiah Lord Jesus now comes on the donkey into Jerusalem. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees knew what the disciples were chanting. They were chanting Messiah's song. They were, they were chanting the promised one, the, the one who all of prophecy had pointed to who was coming. And they said, tell your disciples to stop. And the Lord said, I tell you, if they become silent, the stones will cry out. So he enters into Jerusalem and there he runs out the money changers uh, from the temple as the Lord Jesus, as the Messiah, cleaning out that place around all the courtyards. They'd set up money and business exchanges. And the Lord reminds them that my house shall be called a house of prayer. 
That is Messiah speaking, God speaking. Why did he drive them out? Because the temple was to be their house of prayer. But then we come to verse 47 in Luke 19, and he was teaching daily in the temple. But the chief priests and the scribes and the leading men among the people were trying to, and please notice these words, to destroy him. They were trying to destroy him. They could not find, uh, they could not find anything that they might do because all the people were hanging on every word that he said. Then we come to chapter 20 and they continue their questioning, their unbelief, these religious leaders. And they ask the Lord, by what authority, verse 2, chapter 20, he did the things that he was doing. <clears throat> the Lord said, I will ask you a question. Uh, was the baptism of John from heaven or was it from men? Well, they didn't want to answer. They knew it was from God. And the Lord said, well, I'm not going to tell you by the means by which I do the authority that I do. It's interesting that we read earlier in Luke's gospel, and I won't have you go there, but Luke chapter 7, verse 30 says, the Pharisees, this is important for you to hear, the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected God's purposes for themselves, not having been baptized by John. You see, these religious leaders never went to the repentant, the baptism of repentance that John called for. They never submitted to the baptism of repentance in preparation for the coming of Messiah, the Lord Jesus. I want you to think about that today. There are lots of people who are religious people, but they do not repent of their sins. They're, they're proud. They live in self-righteousness. They're proud of what they do and they always look down on others. <clears throat> As we learn from one of the stories, like that Pharisee, that religiously righteous man, I'm glad I'm not like everybody else, God. He wasn't praying. He was telling God how good he was. Those kinds of people go to church. Those kinds of people have offices and preach and speak that this self-righteous who have not submitted to repentance and to right living with God. So the, <clears throat> the people are crying out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king who has come. And the Lord is driving out these money changers and all of this is building toward <clears throat> these religious leaders in unbelief, in their rejection of Jesus Christ as Messiah, finally getting their way and he's crucified. So here we are at the table of the Lord. We'll remember today his blood and his body. You'll remember today what it means for us to remember and think about his sacrifice for us. But today I want you to think about unbelief. I want you to think about <clears throat> unbelief and how important it is for you and I to understand that the most important decision in life is our decision about whether we believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. You see, if we believe that, we are changed forever and saved. If we choose not to believe that, we face eternity and separation and we perish in our sins. I have three observations I want to make from these verses today. Number one, Jesus was rejected in unbelief by the Jewish religious leaders. <clears throat> we'll see that and come back to it in just a moment. And secondly, Jesus Christ, the rejected one, is the promised Messiah. 
I'm using this phrase, rejected one, for you to remember it today. I want you to remember it. And then finally, Jesus Christ, the rejected one, will judge those who do not believe in him. Or the rejected one will judge those who reject him. Now, where are you in relationship to God? First of all, we see this picture of unbelief uh, coming to us from these religious leaders. Again, go to chapter 19, verse 47. He was teaching daily in the temple. They weren't interested in listening to what the Lord Jesus said, even though we read the people were hanging on every word. Can you imagine hearing the Lord Jesus Christ live in person as he spoke the truths about the kingdom of God. Can you imagine what it was like? Well, we know it was quite powerful because the people are listening, hanging on every word of the Lord Jesus, but not these religiously self-righteous Pharisees and religious leaders. They had another task. You see, here's the picture of unbelief. They rejected and did not believe that Jesus was the promised Messiah. They questioned his upbringing. They, they questioned his family uh, birth. They questioned him being from Nazareth of all places. These Jewish religious leaders were offended by Jesus' straight speaking words and what they considered his, his ways of violating what they considered the law of God. They didn't like his words and they didn't like his ways. That's the way people are today when they read the Gospels, when they hear us talk to them about Jesus. You know, I've talked to people about being saved all my life, and it's interesting. Sometimes people want to, they don't want to talk about Jesus. They want to talk about dinosaurs. Uh, sometimes they want to talk about why God lets there be such suffering and terrible things in the world. They bring up some other subject on the side. They talk about how <clears throat> terrible the church is and how many of the leaders in the church uh, are not examples and are immoral and ungodly. I'm not, I'm not saying a, it's a question about other things, but you must, as you share the gospel with people, bring them back to what really matters, which will change them forever. And that is talking to them about their relationship to Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus was with these Pharisees and these religious leaders for all these days, for all of his ministry, they were offended by his words, his ways. They were jealous of the people's love for the Lord Jesus. They, they, were, they were exposed to the mighty power of Jesus Christ. He raised people from the dead. He, he could take a, a man's arm that's not there and his arm comes back. He could open the deaf ears. He could touch and eyes are open. He could... He could save people from their sins and tell them they're forgiven of their sins. They saw the miraculous and nothing changed them. Someone says, well, if Jesus came back and walked on the earth today, I could believe then. You, 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 know, you see, he walked on the earth and they still did not believe. So this danger of unbelief is all around us today. And I remind you of that. You see, though the Lord Jesus is rejected in unbelief, and finally crucified by those who did not believe. Now let me take you, number two, to how the Lord describes that He is the promised Messiah. Let's look again at this story quickly. First of all, the story of the vine grower. The, the owner has the vineyard. He leaves the vineyard keepers there. 
He wants to collect the harvest. He sends three different slaves. And what do they do? They throw them out. They act as if the vineyard belongs to them. They reject the authority of the owner. Finally, the owner says, I'll send my son. They'll treat him with respect. They didn't treat him with respect. They took him out and killed him. And as the Lord ends the, the story, he says, what shall the owner do? Well, he'll come back and he will, he will uh, take away, he'll, he'll kill those uh, evil, wicked ones. And then he'll give the vineyard to another. He uses the same word, by the way, as in chapter 19, verse 47, he will destroy them. Now we see it again, he will destroy them. And then the Lord quotes to them. He looks to all these people and he quotes from the Psalm of the Messiah. The stone which the builder, the builders rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. The stone that the builders rejected. I want to talk to you for a moment about rejecting Jesus Christ. I want to remind you today that the, the vast majority of people who live on the globe have no consideration, no thought, no care, no interest in talking about Jesus. They've already made up their mind uh, of what they think. Sadly, there are others who've never heard the name of Jesus. If you've never heard the name of Jesus, you don't know. Our own men who have gone on trekking in Southeast Asia, they met people who had never heard the name of Jesus. Can you imagine that? We, we find that shocking, but there are those who can never think about Jesus because they do not know him. That's why we send missionaries. That's why we go. Don't think that everybody who lives in Middle Tennessee knows all about Jesus, has gone to church and sang all the songs and grown up in preschool and all the way through the student uh, department and learned all about it. There are people all around us who do not know who Jesus is or who have twisted Perverted, strange ideas about who Jesus Christ is. He is the rejected one. The Lord Jesus was rejected in unbelief. He was the one rejected by all of these, but the rejected one is the chosen one. Notice the stone which the builder rejected, this became the chief cornerstone. Now for just a moment, I'd like for you to take your Bibles and I'll be quick, but I want you to turn with me, keep your place in Luke 20, but go to Psalm 180 and let's look, Psalm 118, I'm sorry, Psalm 118, and let's look at the Messiah Psalm. Let's go there, Psalm 118. Because we need to understand what's happening in Psalm 118 to truly understand what the Lord Jesus is doing. You see, he quotes these words and they're quite powerful. And everyone he quoted them to in this particular place knew what he was saying. He's at the temple. He's there among those religious leaders and others who were the Jews who knew this was a promise about Messiah. We read Psalm 118.22, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is, a, it is marvelous in our sight. What is the Lord's doing? This rejection of Jesus Christ. It was the will of God that the Lord Jesus Christ be rejected. In fact, earlier, earlier in Luke's gospel, the Lord had said, to his disciples. They didn't understand it. The son of man must suffer many things. And be rejected by the chief priests. And the 
the Pharisees, the chief priests, and the lawyers, and be killed and be raised on the third day. He said this to his disciples, this is the Lord's doing. It is the will of God. It is the purpose of God that he send his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the eternal son of God, came, came to earth and died for sinners, rejected by sinners. He died for the ones who rejected him. He died for the ones who hated him. Notice we read on. This is the Lord's doing. And this is the day which the Lord has made. We sing that song all the time. But don't remember. Don't forget what these words are about. This is the day that the Lord has made. What is that day? The day of his rejection. We will rejoice and be glad. Because had the Lord Jesus not been rejected and crucified. We would all still be in our sins. This is the day. This is the day they were singing. This is the day that the Lord has made. The day of his rejection. I want to push home on my Christian friends here today that we follow the rejected one. We have chosen to accept and follow the rejected one. He is the one who is rejected. O Lord, do save, we beseech you. I'm reading verse 25, 118. O Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. And then here are the words of the people as they sang to the Lord Jesus. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus Christ has come in the name of God. He has come to this world. He lived on this world. He was crucified on this earth. He was buried in the ground. He rose from the dead. He ascended to heaven and he will come again to this world. You see, this is the glory of the Lord Jesus as Messiah. Now, Peter is the one who talks about this, this passage, this Psalm more than any of the other apostles. Let me take just a moment and remind you. I know I'm, I'm going to have to take some time here to help put this together, but it's important. One day the Lord is with the disciples and most of the people rejected him. You see, the Lord was popular. Then he started saying some really hard things. This may be you. You like, you like the Lord Jesus in his good deeds and all the things he did to help people and heal them. But wait a minute. When he starts saying this, if you don't hate yourself and hate everybody else and love me first, you can't be my disciple. You, wait, wait a minute. When he said, if you... If you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, you're not any part with me. Wait, wait, wait a minute. When he said you must have deny yourself, deny yourself and your selfishness, take up your cross and die to yourself and follow me. Wait, wait a minute. I like, all your, I like all your good deeds, but I don't know about this, Jesus. You see, one day a bunch of people quit following Jesus. And Peter said something that's famous. Sometimes it's called the great confession, the good confession, however you want to describe it. The Lord Jesus said to the disciples, are you going to leave like all the rest of these people? Because they can't, they don't like what I'm saying. And Peter said, who are we going to go to? You have the words of life. You are, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And the Lord said to him, Peter, you're like a stone. You're like a stone, but based on what you've said, that I am the Messiah, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail, overpower the church of Jesus Christ. You see, this is the statement. Then Peter 
declares it to the Jews. Let me read to you Acts chapter 4, verse number 10. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which has become the chief cornerstone and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men whereby we may be saved. Hallelujah. He is the stone rejected and the only way to salvation is through the rejected one and believing in him. You see, Jesus Christ is now the foundation of all who believe. But we have then finally, the Lord finishes with these words. I'm back now in Luke chapter 20, verse 18. How does the Lord comment on this Psalm of the Messiah, talking about himself, the rejected stone that became the cornerstone of the building? He says something very, a warning here. Listen, this is a warning again. Every story the Lord Jesus gave, he gave a warning. He gave a warning. Everyone who falls on that stone, that cornerstone, will be broken to pieces. And on whomever it falls, it will scatter him like dust. Crushed and broken by the stone, Jesus Christ. Crushed and broken. Crushed and broken. You fall on Jesus. He's like a stumbling stone. You can't get past him. Unbelievers... They reject the words of the Lord Jesus as harsh, demanding, narrow. Unbelievers refuse to believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came to this earth as a man. Unbelievers deny that Jesus rose from the dead and has authority over all people. When Jesus comes again, unbelievers, the dead will be judged from all generations and experience the second death. You see, they will be crushed and broken by the stone crushed and broken by the stone. So as we leave today, there are some things I want us to remember by going to where Peter talks about this stone. One more time, just with me now, go to 1 Peter chapter number two in your Bible. 1 Peter chapter number two. I wanted to take you to all these places today because they are so very important for us to understand the Lord Jesus as rejected and yet precious to God. Let's listen to what Peter is saying here. He says in 1 Peter chapter 2, let me just read these words and then I'll comment and we'll be finished. He says now that we are to come to Jesus as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men. You see, we come to the one who's rejected by people. I'm unashamed to be a follower of Jesus Christ and I don't mind telling anybody Wherever I'm at, wherever I go, I am a follower of Jesus. If they hate me for it, I'm sorry. If they make fun of me for it, I'm okay with that. I'm glad with it. I'm going to stand and be a, I'm going to declare myself a follower of the rejected one. I'm going to stand and declare myself as coming to the Lord Jesus 
the one who has been rejected by men, but he is choice and precious in the sight of God. You want to know who Jesus Christ is? He is the most glorious one. He is precious. He is precious in the sight of the unseen God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. That's what we become who follow Jesus, who follow the rejected one. Now we're priests of God. Now we're being built up. The church is being built up. A holy habitation, a holy house, a spiritual house. And we're offering spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, for this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. This precious value, this wonderful value of the Lord Jesus is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word and to this doom they were also appointed." You see, come to the Lord Jesus today, He's alive. He is like a living stone, precious to God. He is your rock, He is your protector, He is the one upon you, whom you can build your life. The man who hears my words, the Lord said, and builds his house on my words is like a man who builds his house on the rocks. Are you doing that? Are you building your life? You know, every builder knows that the foundation is the most important matter in the house. If there are shortcuts that are done in the building of a foundation, the persons who live in that house will have a problem later on. The foundation has to be right or the whole house will come down. What are you building your life on, my friend? I know you may have heard these words before, but the Lord Jesus is the chief cornerstone and every believer in this room, we are all being built together. This is how God does it in this wonderful, glorious matter of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ the global universal church of the Lord Jesus. We are a spiritual house being all put together to the glory of God so that we might honor and praise Him and offer the sacrifice of praise every day. There is no greater value than believing in Jesus. I have one word for you here. It's in verse six. Listen, this is for you. This is for you when it's hard to be a believer in Jesus in the world. He, he who believes in Him, will not be disappointed. You know what? There's no disappointment when you follow Jesus. Whatever the deep waters you go through, whatever troubles you face, whatever difficulties come in your life, you'll never be disappointed by trusting and following Jesus Christ. We might disappoint Him at times. We might fail Him. <clears throat> we might walk away from Him and <clears throat> not be obedient, but He will never disappoint us if you have come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you now have a firm foundation upon which you can build your life. Some of you who are young, follow Jesus all the days of your life. Some of you who are old, look back and see, what did our ladies just see? The blessing and the goodness of God is because we put, we, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and make Him the foundation of our lives. I ask you today, I know many of you in this room, I ask you today this question. I'm not trying to offend you, but in all of our religious activity, I want to know, and I hope you can say it, 
If you died today, are you 100% certain you'd go to heaven? Well, you see, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. His name alone is the way you can be saved. Some of you are putting a lot of pride in what you do. You're counting a lot. You, you look back and say, boy, I used to be this way. And boy, look at me now. Be, be, be careful about self-righteousness. I ask all of you, have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, repented of your sins, and found Him as Lord and Savior? Are you living a life of repentance? And are you walking with God daily and building, building your house on the firm foundation of the Lord Jesus? Well, the Lord said, what then is this that is written? He says to this crowd, and I say it to you, what then is this, my friends, that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, this has become the chief cornerstone to the praise of the glory of His grace. To the praise of the glory of His grace. The rejected one is the chosen one. Hallelujah. The Lord is near to the door and we pray, come Lord Jesus.